This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation? It is Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Nation Radio, simulcasting on ESPN 970 AM. And this is the Steelers Blitz. And baby, we are in the saddle live for the next two hours and you know we're going to be giving all of our thoughts, our reactions to the Steelers getting that Monday night victory versus the Cleveland Browns. We will also be joined by the third member of the show, Mr. Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And you know we're going to have to talk about a little backyard brawl that took place this weekend as well. Ah. So you already know, man, one of us in here got a decade-long NFL experience. The other has an immaculate head of hair and a ton of pride for his university. But either way, it's going to be up to you guys to figure out who's who at the end of this game. But keep the show interactive today. Hit us up on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. The good hair. Man, talk to me, baby. Fresh off of a backyard Ooh. brawl victory. A crazy Monday night victory. Yeah. You got the fresh WVU drip jacket on, baby. Mm. Talk nice to me, man. What's the word? Ah, uh, what a couple days, huh? Mm-hmm. Arthur Motes, I finally got my voice back today hey after now. a few days of being on the fritz uh, because, you know, a seven-hour tailgate in Morgantown, a three-and-a-half-hour game. And wasn't then, just any type of game either. And Right, a rivalry game, one that hasn't been played in Morgantown in 12 years. Talk to him. And then you followed that up with a... Uh, about four hours of celebrations post game. Four hours, man. You cut it. You cut it a little short, huh? You had to work the next day or something, bro. What's going I on? I did not, thankfully, Dang. because my car also got towed. <sighs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And five hours of my life later, Yo. I finally got it back. I lived in Morgantown for four and a half years. Yo. Never got my tar code. Tar code. Tar code. Car, car towed. Once. All right. I stayed with my sister for the first time in Morgantown. My oh, of course. Car gets towed. Of course. But. I would do it all over again, Arthur Motes, because isn't that the fine line between victory and agony? If WVU loses the pit and I lose my voice and my car gets towed and it takes me five hours of waiting to get it back, yeah, that'd be like the worst day ever. But instead, it was glorious. I still made it home much later than my wife wanted, obviously. And then the Steelers taking care of business last night. You could call that two rivalry dubs. In about 48 hours for your boy. So, yeah, we are feeling good, finally sounding good once again, and certainly feeling good. Let's go. Let's go. Man, I was really excited for you guys to take care of business, man. That backyard brought that was that was heavy on your heart. And we yes, obviously going to be joined by a Pitt alum today as well. So, I am really glad that uh, you'll be on the uh, the, the victorious side of today's conversation. So hey, salute you for that. You know, salute to Chris Carter for being willing to come on. We've been trying to just get back with him, you know, one of our regulars here on the show in general, but the timing works out well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, last year I had to own it. That's mm-hmm. that's how it works in this business, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly in a rivalry. That's the, that's the beauty and the agony of rivalry games is mm-hmm. you win, you get 365 days to gloat, you lose – you got to take it on the chin for 52 weeks and, and kind of put your head down and just keep moving. So, yeah, we'll talk with uh, CC about all things Brown Steelers at 120, but, you know, a little, little backyard bro banter in there as well, too. Well, shout out to James Madison University. They took care of business, as usual, 3-0, and just stacking another victory. Big time. Sometimes we get crazy excited. Other times it's business as usual. Troy was more so business as usual. But we got a big one this weekend, Wes. I'm telling mm-hmm. you now, Utah State, we get to take – we, we get to get the jet out. 
It's not often we get to take the jet. We get to take the jet this weekend, so you know the guys are really excited about that, man. Take so, on those wolf pack so out you there know, in Nevada. S- salute them boys. Oh, wait, sorry, Utah, U- Utah I'm State. Nevada. I don't even, yeah, I don't, I'm about to say hey, Aggies, Utah State. Is I think it Aggies? they are. Is that right? I feel like they're the Aggies because Utah. Uh, that's the other is the Utes. One. That's they're, the red. The red. One. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Utah yeah. State is the same colors as Nevada. Right, I think right. That's why I got confused. And I just they, got they, Vegas on the mind. They kind of like second cousins. Now that I think about it. <laughs> so you know, not too far off, right there, man. Not too far off. I love it. Big trip out the Utah. Heck yeah. But uh, we did take care of business on Monday night in prime mm. time. Continuing on with the streak, the tradition of the Steelers, and more importantly, Mike Tomlin. Having success on Monday Night Football and specifically against this very familiar opponent, the Cleveland Browns. We got the dub. I'm sure it's a ton of mixed feelings out there. Mm. Because, I mean, if you were in the stadium, you could experience and hear the mixed feelings throughout the game. But I did want to get your thoughts, though, man, just in terms of the initial feeling of, man, leaving out of that stadium, getting the win. What were your thoughts, man, Monday night? Victory! <laughs> Little victory. That was my thoughts. Uh, no, here was because you're right. I mean, there's a lot of frustrating minutia in that game that that we can get to, and the old adage is all is well that ends well, right? But I think we'd be doing a disservice if we just sat here. Everything's great, you know. You found a way to win, and everything's great. You don't have any anything we need to talk about. There's no negative. There's no issues. Now, with that being said, here was kind of my thought was, yeah, that wasn't pretty. Yeah, there's a lot that you want to still see get better and get cleaned up, particularly on the offensive side of the football. But also, Arthur Motes, you know, this team, I kept thinking back to the 2-6 and six start last year okay. and how then they started to figure it out and get moving in the right direction, and they even ended up with a winning record, but it was still, they had kind of dug themselves too big of a hole. Mm-hmm. What they're doing right now is kind of similar in the sense to last season in, in a way. But hopefully they're not going to dig themselves that hole. You know what I mean? If, if we can look up uh, sometime in October and you're four and three, that's okay. That, that's better than being two and five. Ain't that the you, truth. You know what I mean? So we can all acknowledge that there's still work to be done and they're far from the finished product and there's some things there that are agitating us and have to improve. But you would still want to stack wins while you're trying to find yourself. And then hopefully when you look up in November and all of a sudden you're playing your best football like the Steelers were last year, you're right in the thick of things and you've got everything in front of you to play for. In theory, the Steelers still did last year, but when you start like that in the National Football League, it's just darn near impossible to dig yourself out of a hole that big and turn around and make the postseason. They deserve credit, right? Won seven of their last nine games, whatever it was. They deserve credit for that. But hopefully this year they'll do the same thing and play their best football at the right time and get hot at the right time while not having dug themselves such a big hole. So that was kind of my um, initial prevailing gut reaction, if you will. No, I like that. And, I mean, I like it. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're right. You obviously, you know, love the fact that we got out of there with a victory. Anybody that tells you otherwise is lying to themselves. You know, in the NFL, this is one of the reasons why you hear Coach Simon talk where he never apologizes for winning. Because it is very difficult to win in the NFL. You think about everything that took place in that game, good and bad. A lot had to happen for us to find a way to win. And that was with multiple things going in our favor. But the Cleveland Browns, as you know, bad as at times they played, they still made plays and they still had ample opportunities to come up with a victory. But it's just one of those things where it is really difficult to win at this level. So... For me, man, I looked at it as 
you had to find a way to win. Had to find a way to win ugly. Mm-hmm. Excellent job. You passed the test. We'll talk style points. We can critique it. But the basis of it is you won a game that was ugly. Anybody could win when everything is going in your favor. Hey, Wes, I bet you feel real good when your hair cut nice, your, your skin is perfect, you yep. got your lotion on, you fit yep. right, your breath, you know what I'm New saying? Shoes. Like, yeah, it's easy to have confidence then, right? Mm-hmm. But let me see you when it's, you know, first thing in the morning, you ain't had a chance to get that hair. You know how you go to the little machine and it just... Oh. I'm hungover and my car yeah, got towed you know what I mean? Like 7.30 in the morning. Like, like, let me see you then, because not everybody is able to still operate with that same level of confidence, that same level of execution, and just ultimately being able to be themselves. And I felt like Monday night was one of those examples of we weren't having the style points. It was still you. We still knew it was Wes with the good hair, but the good hair was kind of like off a little bit. Still was you. It's like, yo, it's still the offense. We're still seeing glimpses of it. We still saw the explosive nature of it. Sure. More chunk plays than we've seen in a while. But it was just off a little bit, right? Defensively, man, four turnovers, two scores, splash plays, but it was still just a little off, right? Mm -hmm. But can you still find a way to win when it's just a little off? When it's going, 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 but uh, we keep bumping our toe a little bit. All right, we hot, we hot, we hot. Oh, this is self-inflicted. Oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. Oh, man, this is not the best call right here. In the midst of all of that taking place, oh, we got the guy tackled. Bad angle. All right, 60-something yards again. In the midst of all of that, we still made the critical plays offensively, defensively, Mm -hmm. and on special teams late in the game to get us out of that stadium. So you could look at it as, woe is me, end of the world, and solely focus on the negative perspective, or you could look at what transpired and why to feel encouraged by that. And that's kind of, you know, how I left out of that thing on Monday night, baby. Absolutely. I, listen, we, I'm, I'm, I'm risking sounding like a broken record because I've said this so many times already, and I'll probably say it over the next two weeks as well, too. But we put so much stock into the first couple weeks of our, of our NFL team season. Because we wait and 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 we got the combine and we got the draft and we got training camp and mini camp and free agency and we wait and we wait and we we do our lists right and all of our speculation and who's up and who's down and who's going to make the playoffs and who's not and what's your record for who's going to we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait wait football right and you only get seventeen games I've said that already thirty seven times through these first two weeks of the season but how often mozi do we see a team that for the first handful of weeks of the NFL season, first three, four, five weeks, whatever, is crowned as, oh my goodness, look how good these guys are. And then they fall off a cliff and they don't even make the playoffs or maybe they scrape in as a wild card and they never look quite as good as they did to start the season. I mean, we were one of those at one point. We start, we started 11-0 and a few years ago. And then after that, it got real rough and it, it ended up with a an embarrassing home loss in front of like 6,000 people at Heinz Field at the time uh, during COVID. We also have seen that go the other way multiple times. How many times did we see the Patriots in the Brady and Belichick era start a season two and three, and everyone would say, oh, oh, those guys are finished. They're done. This is it for the dynasty. And then they'd win 12 of their next 13 games. How many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs be, Hello. be five and three after, after you know seven or eight games? And everyone's saying, all right, well, maybe they're coming back down to earth a little bit. And then they rattle off you know seven straight wins or, or something like that. I get it. We all do it, and I'm not trying to say those first few weeks of the season don't matter. Of course they do. I just laid out why they did a minute ago. You can't dig your, you can't make the playoffs in the first four or five games of the season, but you can miss them 
for darn sure, right? It's like I had a hockey coach, Coach Jacobs, growing up, Motsi, mm-hmm. who used to always tell us, you can't win a hockey game in the first period, but you can lose it. Mm-hmm. We come back in this locker room after 20 minutes and we're down 3 nothing, 4 nothing. We might dig ourselves out of a hole that we, that we can't climb out of. You can do that in the NFL. You start 2-6, and six, you, 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 you can't make the playoffs in the start of the season. But you can you can certainly dig yourself such a hole that you, it's almost impossible to do so. That's my hope. You know what? You know what's better than 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 losing ugly, Motsi? Winning ugly. Every single time. And as you've laid out before, make no mistake about it. It's not like those guys came to watch film yesterday on Tuesday. And Mike Tomlin said, "Hey guys, we didn't really love the effort. We did this, this, and this wrong. But you know what? We got a victory." He was. He probably took the tone of a coach who, after a loss, you know what I mean, after after a performance like that, maybe he gave some props uh, to TJ and Highsmith and Ogan Joby and some of those guys on the defense who just had a Herculean effort. I mean, they scored more points than the offense for crying out loud, didn't they? Um, but you would much rather be cleaning those things up while keeping yourself, you know, uh, treading water at least at one and one right now. Um, then really, really, really having to, uh, you know, dig yourself out of a hole like they did last year. I mean, I agree. To me, man, I look at it like this. Coach Thomas is obviously going to be critical, but you're critical after every game. It's not sure. just because of Monday night. He was going to be like that regardless. They could have won by 50. They could have lost by 50. The internal rhythm or the internal mechanics week to week, like we talked about, it's always the same. You comb through every single game with a fine tooth. You're extra critical of everything, but you take the emotions out of it. And that's the part we always joke about me and you, you know, when I give you some of the player side of it, of why it's hard for us to really communicate with fans and media because fans and media, when we're critical, they take it personal. Whereas for us, we're just getting to the root of the issue and we maneuver past that. We talk about with fans at times, they get irrational in terms of just the lack of patience in certain situations. And because of the lack of understanding at times, it kind of complements their lack of patience. So it creates this sense of, you know, a pressure pot or, man, we don't have time or it's this, this, this. When, in all actuality, the guys that are actually in the facility are like, bro, that is fabricated. We don't feel like that at all. That's actually not what's taking place. Right, right. But if you don't have that type of understanding, which a lot of people don't. We talk about the NFL, man, only 1% make it in terms of playing there and even coaching, right? So we know it's not going to be for everybody to understand. And that's why, you know, when we get these opportunities to talk on the mic, we try to, you know, put out there what we can. But as a whole, I just feel like if you look at this team and you went into Monday Night's performance once again with your expectations not being correct – then, yeah, you're probably leaving out of there feeling very different. Whereas I looked at it once again like you're going to have to win ugly in this league. It's not always going to be perfect. And for everybody that swears up and downs that, oh, yeah, everybody can score like the Mahomeses or the Josh Allens of the world, it's like you look around the league, not everybody does that. And they definitely don't do it consistently, and they are further along in the process with more proven pieces. Not the, you know, black and gold beat our chest bravado. <laughs> we talking about legitimate. I could just go to the random town in Georgia and be like, hey, you heard of this player? And he'd be like, absolutely. Is he nice? Absolutely not. Hey, can I sell you on my quarterback? 
can I sell you on this receiver right here? It's just a little bit different of an approach right now in terms of that. But I do feel like those expectations do affect us negatively at times when we're talking about how we're evaluating this team, especially at this part of the season where, like you talked about, it's early. First four weeks, man, realistically, internally, you're looking at this like I'm trying to figure out who I have, mm-hmm. who fits what, who mm-hmm. is able to do what. Prime example, coming out of training camp, they had Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace as the starting cornerbacks. Through two games, to me, I think it's very clear and evident that Jane, or Joey Porter Jr. should be getting a lot more snaps on the outside without it being restricted to dime. But you don't understand that coming out of training camp because you haven't seen these players in these settings versus the caliber of players they're going against. Training camp practice and preseason are small tests along the way, but you have to take it in the context. If we were really just giving it to you in layman's terms, preseason and training camp is like the worksheet that the teacher gives you in the morning, your morning work. Has nothing to do with nothing. We're just trying to see, did you even read last night? Do you even at least know what class you're in? Can you at least just write your name on it? That's all we're looking for. So when people were like, oh, my God, we got 100% on this morning work. It's like, all right, cool. Great, but we got the test coming up Great. soon. We, we, we test, the test is playoffs. These are quizzes. If, you give it, if, if we're going to talk real context, regular season is quizzes. Because when you get to that postseason, it's a whole nother that's your, level. That's your finals. No, 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 no. Your finals? AFC Championship, Super Bowl, because there's a whole nother level there, just speaking from experience. Sure, sure. And it is a difference. But if you've never experienced it, you act like the last seven games at the end of last season are weighted the same as teams playing in the postseason, right? We talked about that in week one. Sure did. I just think it's some of those things, like I said, man, we just got to make sure that we understand what to expect. Mm-hmm. going into these games, offensively, defensively, and special teams. And I think it would just give us a better understanding. Whereas if you go out there and you're hoping for 50 points or 30 points a game and you get out here and you're like, bro, we only scored 14, man, what the heck? Ah, I can't believe this. It's like, well, the only reason you can't believe this is because you even put it out there. No one in there, you know. Right. But that's a part of the passion, and I get that it as is. well. And that's also that's a bit of a, I think, a consequence of just how smoothly things went for the Steelers yeah. in training camp in the preseason. You called it, and I'm going to give you props here for Don't a couple more me. weeks. Mm-mm. I mean, you talked about how you wish they would have had a little more adversity in preseason because it's, life's not going to be that easy when you get to the, the, the real games. They, they hit back in the real games. They play their starters for four quarters. They game plan for you specifically. They're not just playing vanilla cover two out there, they're, base defense. They're like, hey, every time we see this guy, he stares his receiver down. Let's go ahead and put the slot down here. Let's see if we could jump something here. Every time they line up in this formation, they're running this particular style of play. Let's see if we can account for this. Hey, they got this tendency where, you know, they like to get, you know, second along, they're going to go with that 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 inside run. They, blitz this. Typically, you go coverage, but blitz this right here. All right. That's what happens in the regular season and vice versa. You look at our defense. They humming. Mm-hmm. But why is that? Because we're doing the same thing. So. A lot of continuity there. Mm-hmm. A lot of talent there. And my goodness, did uh, did they need that night from the defense on Monday for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, without a doubt, man. But speaking of, though, you know we got to talk a little bit more about that defense. Oh, yeah, we do. So when we get back, man, we will be diving into that a little bit more. But y'all let us know how y'all feel about the game as well, man. We already told you on the Twitter.com. Put your comments, your thoughts, your concerns. But either way, it's Arthur Moses, Wesley Euler, and this is Steelers Nation Radio on 970 AM.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler back for second segment, man, of this opening hour. Talking a little Steelers, Browns, victory. Love to see that, baby. But more importantly, man, this is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Simon Castle on 970 AM on ESPN, might I add. Ooh. And uh, we were continuing this conversation about the good guys taking care of business, man. But um, we were kind of going back and forth a little bit, man, just talking about our initial thoughts, right? Expectations, why we should feel encouraged or, you know, why at the same time we could understand you feeling a little bit uneasy about everything that took place on Monday night. So, like I said, man, definitely get that. But a couple of guys, though, did stand out in a major way on offense, on defense, and on special teams. A couple guys I wanted us to talk about, man. First guy, though, can we talk about the best defender in all of the world? Can we can we talk about the Who, guy? Miles Garrett? Can, can we talk about... The, the defender that I don't care who you put out there or what you try to do to take out the game, he's still going to have a crazy impact. He's still going to find a way to just stuff the stat sheet oh, in Miles multiple Garrett? facets. I said multiple facets. Did, did you hear emphasis on multiple variety, diversity? Okay. A lot of T's on the end of it. All right. That means not just one category. It means if I got five categories, oh, he's cooking in all five. I'm saying if I need tackles, he got me on tackles. I'm saying if I need sacks, he got me on sacks. If I need a tackle for loss, he got me for that. If I need a pass deflection, he's got me on that. If I need a fumble recovery, he got me on that. Oh, and if I happen to need to touch paint, well, guess what? He can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I said diversity, variety. Mm. Okay? A force multiplier. Are you talking about Trent Jordan what? Well, you know, I'm not on that level of calling him Trent Jordan, but I'm talking about T.J. Watt. You better believe it, man, because he nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I used the word in the last segment, but Herculean effort. He nice, nice. By T, by a lot of guys on that defense, but I think T.J. and Alex leading the way, Larry O setting the tone mm-hmm, in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, man, on a night where once again, Motsi, they had some some you know some guys getting banged up and some significant absences, namely Minka Fitzpatrick for a large stretch of that game on the defensive side. They, I mean, they don't win. We can do the hypothetical thing all day, but they, I mean, they don't win on Monday night without that effort. They just, um, you know, were able to overcome a slow start, and part of that certainly was because of the absence of Nick Chubb, without a doubt. You, you can't talk about this game and not mention how big uh, of a loss that was for the Browns. That's their, their you know, that's the engine of their offense, if Heart you will. And soul, man. You can't drive without an engine. I'm not a car guy, but I know you can't drive without an engine. Um, and because of that, the game then kind of got put into Deshaun Watson's hands a little bit. They were able to frustrate him. They were able to get after him. They were able to limit him. Still made a couple decent throws and a couple nice plays, and that's going to happen uh, You know, when, you, when you've got some of the other weapons that they have, too. Amari Cooper with a couple nice snags out there. But, yeah, Motsi, uh, on a night where it was weird, despite the chunk plays, right, You're, which we haven't seen very much of the last couple years, and you finally got that. Uh, the offense struggled without a doubt. The defense, man, the takeaways, the way they were able to rise to the occasion. Um, I mean, Motsi, I think this I think this tells it all for you, right? Where I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure to share this with you. When the fourth quarter started, the Steelers were down by three points. Mm-hmm. The offense had negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers still won the game. <laughs> no, facts, man. I mean, that's a yeah. Herculean effort by your defense. No, without a doubt, man. And it's one of those things where 
when you're talking about winning in the NFL, you're going to have to find multiple ways to win. The negative yards in the fourth quarter, when we first look at the stat, we look at it and think like, man, there was not one positive play that took place for the Steelers on offense in the fourth quarter. But if you actually go back and watch it, that was not the case. But I am with you. It does, you know, in terms of just the nuts and bolts of it, you obviously want positive yards in the fourth, man, because you don't want to end with that. But like I said, context definitely matters. Context always matters. Always matters. But to me, man, it's one of those things where TJ understood what was needed. Alex Highsmith understood what was needed. You think about Five Star Friday. What were the two matches we started out with? (laughs) The edge rushers against the Browns tackles. Nah, but specifically, what was the order? You went with Highsmith first Mm -hmm. against Jedrick. Mm Mm-hmm. And then TJ was second yeah. against uh, the rookie uh, Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just think about how it started off. Think about the splash plays. Think about who Pick six was by starting it. The first play of the game. Think about the matchup throughout the whole game. The constant pressure. It was insane. Was Highsmith cooking that matchup? And he just got named AFC Defensive Player of the Week, by the way. And rightfully so, baby. Rightfully so. But that was the one where, if you're looking, it's like, yes, we got some limitations in certain places, but this is the type of matchup with those two guys where you can take over a game. And we saw that. We sure the two did. turnovers were from that. Batman and Batman coming off the edge, Arthur. Miles. You know, but then when you add into the fact that we're also able to get the unexpected turnovers, right? The Cole Holcomb mm-hmm. forcing a fumble. Mm-hmm. That was big. Big time. Big time. Could have could have easily said, all right, he's he's going down. I don't Come need on, to man. stick my nose in there. But Montrevis Adams with the punch on Deshaun Watson that knocked the ball out. So now it's not a first down. Now it's us getting the ball back. Huge. Huge. Huge minutia. Huge. Huge playing to the whistle by those guys. Absolutely. So when I think of all of those things, I'm like, sometimes that's what's needed. Now it's going to be some times where we're going to look at that offense and it's going to be like, man, I'm glad y'all bailed us out. Defense was struggling, gave up a score late. Kenny didn't hit George Pickens for a tutty. He didn't he didn't work the move on something. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just gonna say too, mm-hmm. remember at the start of training camp, we heard Omar Khan talking about that. Mm-hmm. He said the thing that gave him the most confidence about this year's team is he believes they can win a lot of ways. Yep. They can lean on the defense. Come on now. And he thinks that the offense is gonna have, you know, the ability to win them some shootouts too. And and you're right. If 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 we want to get where we're trying to go this season, you're going to have to score 35 points some games, 38 mm-hmm. points some games, because your defense isn't going to do that, <laughs> Captain Obvious, every every single game. And that's the thing, though, man. You at least want to know that it is possible. Absolutely. And not just lip service. Absolutely. Because everybody gives lip service. Oh, this office is score 30. Oh, Kenny is this. Oh, Pickens is that. It's lip service. Until it happens, that is literally all it is, lip service. Now, we'll see you know, the factors of why certain things are leading or, you know, could this help in certain veins? But as a whole, it's lip service. Mm -hmm. You got to go off of what you're seeing, what is proven, and what is actually taking place and happening. And like I said, man, those are the certain things for us that I feel encouraged by at times, but at the same time, there's certain parts where we're like, yeah, we do got to get better. But we can say for a fact that we can get out of a stadium because of our defense, because we for certain just saw it happen. And that is reassuring. It's definitely reassuring. But I did need to ask you, though. Okay. There's always a but. What were your thoughts on this here running game, man? Who? Again, I 
it's tough to evaluate. Here's why. One look fast and one look slow? <laughs> Just the, the consistency still isn't there. One, one is consistency more explosive, whereas the other one's consistency is a little bit Tim Berlin boots. Work construction boots, right? Oh, man, he went. There, I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm messing. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that today. I ain't gonna do that today. I ain't gonna do that today. Hold on. I'm just going off of what I had seen. People, people were saying this on on social media. You know, I just be regurgitating. That's what they said. They was like, yo, he, like he had Tim's on with the backpack. I understand on the surface the, you know that famous meme of like the guys holding hands with his girlfriend, but he's looking over his shoulder at the other girl. Fair enough. I understand Steelers fans looking over their sh- I understand it Te- looking over their shoulder. Though, Ooh, Jalen Warren. Technically, Dang. technically, so are holding both of their hands. It's a little bit different. If Jalen was for somebody else, then he'd be looking away. This is like girlfriend A and girlfriend B. <laughs> that's what this is like. Or or is it Najee's the wife? Wifey, and, and, wifey girlfriend. And Warren mistress. is the girlfriend or, or the housemaid or the housewife or, or the, Listen, the handmaid. What, what's I, handmaid's tale, right? Tale, that's yeah. the hand. That's what it is. You and I don't mess around in that stuff. I, I'm good on that one. I'm good on that. I want no problem. Love you, wives. love you, love you. So, I don't want I mean, no problem. You're problems. speaking a language, a world yeah. that I just don't understand. That, that makes that makes definitely a, a thousand percent of me and you. I'm with you. Listen, I get it, but I also think. I mean, are we going to act like Najee didn't have a 21-yard run? Are we going to act like Najee didn't have a 17-yard run? Again, I know the consistency is is still not there. Speak on those runs specifically, though. Did that encourage you? Specifically, those two runs? I think so. Okay. Because here's why. It took a while last season for the run game to get to a consistent point as well, too, didn't it? Okay. After the bye week. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was nine games into the season before the Steelers really started to run the ball effectively last year. This year, it's still in, it's inconsistent through two games without a doubt, but it, it, at least you're seeing some of those chunk plays, some of that. Najee had a 24-yard run against the Niners. He had a 21 and a 17-yard run uh, Monday night against the Browns. Jalen Warren, obviously with that ridiculous, I mean, Motsi, he was looking like Steve Slayton and Noel Devine out there, oh, right? Hey Going now. one side of the field, reversing to the other side. That's usually what you see from guys like Reggie Bush and Darren mm-hmm. McFadden, right, and guys okay. like that in college football. You don't see that in the NFL mm-hmm. very often. But I do what I would I like to see more of Jalen Warren or continue to see Jalen Warren. Absolutely. Am I writing off Najee Harrison and I'm saying make him the second running back and throw him to the bench and, and only give him seven carries a game, whatever? I'm not doing that yet either. I, I, I'm just not because the offensive line ain't been great either. They were better in game two than they were in game one, and that's a start. Let's see that trend continue as well, too, right? Let's see some progression there. But I just, I, I am I am not, and I know this drives, this is maybe the thing about our, our listeners, and it drives me crazy. I'm on the patient side of things, though. It's the National Football League. This isn't, this isn't college football where you can look up after two or three weeks and say, oh, man, if we lose two games, we're out of the hunt, you know? If you're if you're LSU right now, right, and you started your season with a loss to Florida State, you lose another game and you're out of the hunt. You, ain't, also go, you ain't going to the college football playoff with, with two losses until they expand that thing next year to 12 teams. Then then you're still alive. But that's not the NFL. It, again, you're not missing the playoffs in September. Well, you can. All right. But you're not making the playoffs in September either. The Steelers are 1-1 one one right now. And I normally don't like when people do this thing because as Arthur Motes lays out all the time, correctly so, it's the National Football League. There's no such thing as a bad team. There's just some teams that are better than others. But anybody can beat you on, on any given Sunday. With that being said, now here's my butt. Right? Hey, now. With all due respect, having said that, yeah. 
I mean, I don't think any of us are acting like Vegas and Houston have the dudes on defense that the Niners and the Browns do. So I, I'm 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 not trying to write them an excuse. All right, this is not my doctor's note excuse for the for the running back secretary. All right, the hand when when you go back to the office. But I'm I'm willing to give those guys a couple more weeks before I make any rash decisions. That's, that's just where I'm at. There's been more chunk plays. The offensive line hasn't been great, but they were a little bit better on Monday night. Let's see if that continues these next two weeks. And then we can really start to talk about the division of labor in the backfield. But I'm not rushing any judgments after after two games. I don't like it. Too patient? You want my hot take? Ah, trade Najee Harris for a seventh-round pick. Promote Jalen Warren. Sign Jerome Bettis back to the practice squad. Such extremes. Jeez. Such extremes. But yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> On the stuff that I do like, I'd be like, I like that. I like that. I'm with you. I ain't like that, though. And this is why. Um, it's not necessarily the issue of explosive play versus lack of explosive play, right? I look at it more so as the foundation or the philosophy behind it. Najee is a downhill one-cut power runner. The play that he had where he had the 20-yard run, it was in the third quarter. They caught a downhill run where he was able to see, make a cut, bounce it outside, and get downhill. That's his best thing that That's he does. Yeah. The next play where he reversed field, it was because Darius just missed the tackle. It was supposed to be a TFL. And then you watched him get the 20 yards. But at any point in time, none of us felt like that mm. was about to go to the house. None of us felt like, oh, he could replicate this. None of us did, if we're being brutally honest. Take the feelings out of it. It's just, like I said, very sluggish. You look on the flip side with Jalen Warren. I love the play design. Oh, don't get me in trouble, but I love the play design from Matt Canada in the third quarter where he caught a picket fence release for Jalen Warren out the backfield. They had the three receivers run right across the middle of the field, stop, ultimately creating a wall. They allowed Jalen to create uh, the do an out route out the backfield, catch mm-hmm. the ball in space, takes it for a nice big pickup. Mm-hmm. When he had that ball in your hands, though, all of us felt like, yo, could he go to the crib? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it That wasn't the first time on Monday night that we felt that, was it? Because it, it, it was a screenplay that he took on third and like 25, right? For like 40-some yards. And we are like, whoa. But wait, it was another play as well where he showed that explosiveness, right? Yeah. Take the feelings out of it. Take the, oh, man, we patient, we're not patient. Cut them, trade them, all that. Take that away. One is explosive, and he makes the defense feel scared. The other, as a defender, you look at that and you're like, it's a target. Hmm. In fact, the guys get motivated by teeing off on him. And think about when we're talking about our rushing offense and why at times it's not as good as we wanted to be and we lose our mind when Canada calls a jet sweep, right? Or when it's third and one in the third quarter, uh, late third, early fourth, it's third and one. No, it was in the fourth quarter. Excuse me, four-minute offense. Fourth quarter, four-minute offense. He had ran it twice, and then they called the misdirection QB keep, and everybody lost their mind. And you wonder why Canada calls these calls. Because when he's running Najee, them defenders aren't worried about Najee running outside. They're not worried about Najee running past them. So when they see Najee, they're either run blitzing it or they're all creeping up ready to tee off on him. It sounds like gunshots. So you can't just give it to him and say, go pick up four yards right here. You can't. It works with Jalen because with Jalen, what are you thinking? He could run by me. Sure. 
I have to respect this he totally can, he different. He can make one step and make me. He can olay me. They might fast release him to the flat, throw him the football. Not Najee. You see when Najee get the ball in the flat. Is anybody nervous? It's like by the time he catches it, gets possession, and turns up field, it's like, bro, it's three defenders on him. Jalen Warren catches that same play. You're like, all right, this got action. He might take a, a a gain that looked like it was going to be three yards okay. and pop through four people and end up getting a first down. So, for me, it's not even saying in the sense of bench Najee. Not even saying in the sense of trade Najee. But what I am saying is you can have Najee continue to run mm-hmm. out the tunnel first so he can get the end starting running back from Alabama, Najee Harris. That's all well and good. But Jalen Warren, he need to be out on that field at least 60, 70% of the time, hmm. period. Because the He's offense flows, the the offense flows better. Because that right now, sense. and this is the other issue, you hit on it with the offensive line. The offensive line revamped, yes, bad matchups. First two weeks, they have not produced. So that does not bode well for when we try to run directly up front. So when we do our misdirection, our stretch plays, our plays hit on the perimeter, who is better designed for those plays? Jalen Warren. 30. But if you play the politics game, you play the, oh, he's the first rounder game, you play the, we can't hurt nobody's feelings game, you'll come here and say, well, nah, man, it can't be just that, bro. We're going to be all right, man. Just stick with him. Just stick with him. And I just feel like it's a fundamental flaw. Sure, sure. Because philosophy-wise and personnel-wise, it's not matching. And unless we make a change there, makes the sense. alternative is the quick sense. passing attack. But every time we try the quick passing attack, these first two games, Kenny has been off. His reads have been late. His accuracy has been a little questionable. His decision-making as a whole has been a little questionable. So when you talk about the, all right, this is bad. Now, that is bad. Okay, now this has on to it. Now you get what we're looking at at times offensively. But it's a lot easier to just freak out and say, man, it's Matt Canada. It's a lot easier to freak out and say, oh, it's Kenny Pickett. But it's like, no, it's a lot that is taking place with this, yeah. as well as the two teams that they just faced. We're familiar with Cleveland, so we don't respect Cleveland because we're the Steelers and our defense is elite. But newsflash, the Browns got an elite defense as well. The Browns are nice on defense as well. Are they good as us on defense? No, and that was the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. We forced four turnovers and scored twice on defense. They forced a ton of turnovers but right. did not score right. on defense. Almost did, but they did not, you know. They dropped their extra pick opportunity. We caught most pulls, and then we dropped one in the end zone with Levi. But that was the difference. Both teams, our pass rushers, when they were close, they got home. Their pass rushers, they were close. They hit Kenny. They rushed Kenny, but they couldn't get the sacks as frequently on Kenny. That's true. A lot of similarities, though, right? That's true. A lot of similarities. Absolutely. Listen, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Professor. I am. You're making good points. You're making real good points. I just try to be rational every once in a while. But I don't want to be rational right now. I want to go to break. So we're going to go to break right here. This is Arthur Most. This is Wesley Euler. And this is Still is What's On, SNR and 970 ESPN.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Final segment of the first hour of today's show, man, on Steelers Blitz. SNR, Simon Castle on 970 ESPN. And uh, we got a couple minutes here before we uh, get a little nice little reset, man, for the top of the hour. So I figured yes. it was time to start rolling the ball out and uh, having a little fun with the tweets and stuff. So let's get that thing rolling. Without a doubt. Yeah, like you said, we'll just do one here to kind of get our uh, clock back on yeah. schedule. And then we'll get to more reaction on the other side, as we always do, obviously. Uh, me- I see Mr. Redundant. Obviously, Department. we do, obviously. Department of Redundancy yeah. Department. Don't no one do it like how you do it. Me tweets us and says, Dr. Wes and Professor Motes, victory Wednesday. Victory! Victory! Don't you love it? It was ugly on offense. Overall, pretty on defense with just a couple blemishes, but I'll take the W. Question number one, can we use our tight ends more? I would love to. Yeah. <clears throat> and honestly, I feel like we will. We're seeing Darnell Washington. I did a film review on him, uh, you know, on my YouTube channel and stuff like that. But he's one of those guys where you're seeing him show a clear level of excellence in blocking, both in the run game and in pass protection. That's keeping him out there. That's getting him out there. The next step is when they start allowing him to get some targets. Now, that's multifaceted because that's not just on him. That is still on Kenny. But at the same time, I do feel like we're going to continue to see more of Darn. I think his role will uh, continue to expand. And I do also think that we're going to realize 12 personnel is where we need to be. 12 personnel, one back, two tight Completely ends. Completely agree. It's going to help us in pass protection. It's going to help us in the run game. It's going to help us when we want to throw out of there as well. But I do feel like that's where we're going to need to start operating out of a little bit more. And ultimately, if we do that, that would get Darnell Washington a lot more opportunities. Completely concur. Question number two from me. Tuna mount, tuna sandwich, yay or nay? I'd go yay. Like, it's it's not high on my list, but I, I do a good tuna mount is 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 solid. See, for me, man, I'm so, like, anti-tuna fish. Tuna, Are you? Because, like, growing up, we grew up at that as, like, a day. Tuna fish. Spam. I ate a lot of, lot of, like, a lot of tuna growing on. up. Yeah. I don't even like deli sandwiches like that to the extent because it was always like you can get your tuna fish on the sandwich, you should bologna Some on the bologna. sandwich. I'm like, bro, I don't want another sandwich in my life right now. All right. You have laid that yeah. out before. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately for me, I'm going to say nay, okay. but I'm sure it's probably fire. But, yeah, yeah. Just, just blame my upbringing. Too, too much of that. Blame it on the culture. <laughs> Number three and final question from me. What's the best grunge song? Anything by Nirvana mm. or Pearl Jam. Well, Elderly women that. behind the counter in a small town. You definitely town. can't go wrong with Pearl that. Pearl Jam. Uh, let, let me get some Pink Floyd there, man. Throw, throw a little Pink Floyd in there, all right? Yeah, I'll go with that. You got than, some grunge? Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I think I'm good. Just pick someone from Seattle. That's like the yeah. that's like the grunge mechanism. Right. Nirvana, right? I mean, when anybody Nirvana's thinks grunge, people, you they said think Nirvana. Nirvana first, so I couldn't go with them. So I was like, I'm take somebody else, man. Give me Kurt Cobain. I don't know. Like, when the lights you know? out, it's less dangerous. Uh, yeah, we are. That's, got, that's grungy, right? Heck yeah. Okay, so I got one then. All right, that was mine then. Heck I got, yeah. got Kirko. I'm going to go with him. I think that's that's the answer. I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> right. answer. That's Eddie, just pick a Nirvana song. Kick a roll with that. That's the Jeez. answer. But what we are going to do is this. But we're going to take our uh, first break or our final break of the first hour. And then after that, man, we will come right back to you guys. So like, like we said earlier, let us know in the Twitter section. All right. 
your thoughts, comments, concerns, man, and we will be getting back to all of those to start the segment uh, on the top of the line. This is Arthur Moss and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970 AM.